0: This is LBC News.
1: Right, 5.22 here on LBC News. It's Chris Golds with you here. Thanks very much for your company this afternoon. Um, We're going to go live to um, America. We'll go live to America now, but we're also going live to America in about an hour's time as well to hear from the President. We've got an update uh, right now on the news on the other side of the pond. Within the last hour, we heard uh, the White House Press Secretary, Jen Psaki, confirming that a second case of the Omicron variant of COVID-19 has been identified in the United States. That news coming ahead of that speech from President Biden. Which we'll bring you a little later on live today. He's going to outline his strategy to combat the pandemic during the festive season. Let's go live to Washington now, where our Washington correspondent, Simon Marks, joins me. Even to you, Simon, what do we know about this second case?
0: Well, fresh news from the White House that was disclosed uh, just about an hour ago by White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki. Remember that yesterday we learned of the first case of Omicron uh, in the United States. An American traveller who had returned from South Africa uh, in the San Francisco area uh, had returned to the United States on the 22nd of November, tested positive for COVID-19 and the Omicron strain of the virus a week later. Now, Jen Psaki says a second case has been identified. Uh, there's an individual, uh, an adult male, a resident of Hennepin County. Uh, he had been vaccinated. The person developed mild symptoms, as you noted, on November 22nd and sought uh, COVID 19 testing on November 20th. Fourth, The person's symptoms have resolved. The person spoke with the Minnesota Public Health Department investigators and reported traveling to New York City and attending uh, the anime New York City 2021 convention at the Javits Center from the 19th through the 21st. Any contact tracing, which is imperative and important, would be done through the CDC and public health officials as well. Who knew there was an anime convention in New York just a few days ago, but apparently he was there and that's where the traveler, uh, the the, uh, Minnesota uh, patient Uh, contracted the Omicron variant of COVID-19. Perfectly possible, of course, that other people at that anime convention had travelled there uh, from South Africa, or perhaps there is just more community spread of the Omicron variant than has yet been detected by the Centers for Disease Control. But all of this tees up that speech that we'll be hearing in, what, about an hour and 15 minutes' time uh, from President Biden, in which he's going to unveil his strategy uh, for combating COVID-19, and dealing with the pandemic throughout uh, the upcoming Christmas and New Year holiday period, uh, it seems that he's only going to make one major announcement, and that is uh, a change in the testing requirements for travellers arriving uh, in the United States, including American citizens and permanent residents of the United States. They'll all have to have a negative COVID-19 test result within 24 hours of their flight not the current 72 hours of their flight we are also told that President Biden is going to extend uh, the federal government's uh, regulations on face masks on planes buses uh, and trains uh, through until the end of March of next year they were due to expire in January and indeed there are some figures here including the head of United Airlines who. who for weeks has been urging uh, the White House to ditch the face mask mandates. Clearly, the arrival uh, of Omicron in the United States uh, takes that off the table uh, completely. And there will be many who wonder why on earth uh, anybody would be proposing uh, not having to wear face masks on uh, planes, both domestically and internationally. No plans currently to require COVID testing for domestic travel in the United States. Jen Psaki insisted today that idea uh, is not off the table, but it was pretty apparent from the comments that she made at the White House that it's nowhere near uh, being served up uh, to travellers in the United States. It would be highly controversial and uh, I think would make life extremely difficult for the airlines themselves uh, having to try to uh, enforce it in a country where we've seen so much resistance uh, to face mask and vaccine mandates over the last several months. Mm. And just to be clear
1: about these new measures, um, what they might mean for any of our listeners planning to spend Christmas in America. People are making their plans obviously. They've probably already got them. What, what will they have to do now?
0: Yeah, so if you are planning uh, the holiday period uh, at Disney or uh, in Las Vegas or uh, in Times Square planning a trip to the United States uh, for holiday, for to meet family, uh, maybe even for business uh, you will be required now to get a negative COVID-19 test result within 24 hours of the departure of your flight and of course you have to be fully vaccinated. If you you don't have proof uh, of of vaccination uh, then you won't be coming to the United States. Um, That change in the testing requirements, currently it's a three-day window, 72-hour window, is going to put an enormous stress on testing facilities all over the world where flights are departing for the United States, uh, including uh, the UK. It's going to be interesting to see if they are robust enough to turn those test results around rapidly enough uh, for people to board their flights, just a 24-hour window. So literally, if, you're, if your flight is leaving at 9 o'clock on a Saturday morning... Uh, you can start getting tested at nine o'clock on a Friday morning, get that test result in, upload it to the airline's website, submit it and make sure that it is approved by the airline. I can tell you from personal experience that sometimes the documents that you upload don't meet the airline's standards. So you have to stay on that very, very uh, aggressively uh, and make sure you get the documentation that the airlines require so that you won't be disappointed when you show up at the airport and try to board your flight.
1: Mm, As if
0: (laughs) flying isn't stressful enough. Um, Let's look at a
1: couple of other stories developing today across the pond. The fresh signs of um, difficulty in the Vice President's office.
0: What's going on there? Uh, Yes, another departure from the Vice President's office. Simone Sanders, who when she was uh, appointed uh, as uh, Vice President Kamala Harris's chief spokesperson, uh, was highly celebrated here in Washington uh, and viewed as a Possible eventual successor to White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki but she is off she's leaving her post as Kamala Harris's chief spokesperson and senior advisor. that comes just a matter of weeks after uh, Kamala Harris also lost her director of communications amid ongoing reports here well-founded reports here of strife within the vice president's office unhappiness uh, dismay over her approval ratings which have sunk to the lowest point ever recorded for any vice president in American history, just 28% approval ratings uh, in the most recent polls. Uh, The White House today has insisted that uh, all of these reports about unhappiness within Kamala Harris's uh, office and within her executive suite are in fact unfounded uh, and uh, that Simone Sanders is going on to bigger and better things and that she's an absolute rock star and leaves the White House uh, with the thanks not only of Kamala Harris but also of President Joe Biden. But, you know, the longer all of this goes on, the more apparent it is that there is trouble in paradise within Kamala Harris's immediate orbit. And that po- that trouble is also now partly political in nature because uh, we are seeing other prominent members of Joe Biden's inner circle, including Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg. Remember Mayor Pete, the mm. former mayor of South Bend, Indiana, who uh, ran himself for the presidency? Uh, back in 2020, sought the um, the uh, Democratic presidential nomination against, of course, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden. He is clearly positioning himself, possibly to replace Kamala Harris on the ticket if Joe Biden seeks another term in the Oval Office in the 2024 election here. There is deep-seated unhappiness behind the scenes, and that's going to be a story we will be tracking here on LBC News throughout the new year. And, of course, um, just...
1: Looking at what's happening um, elsewhere, the big news of the week might actually turn out to be taking place at the Supreme Court, where it seems that um, uh, the justices are moving closer to overturning a landmark 1973 ruling on the legality of abortion. Bring us up to date on that.
0: Yeah, I think that's right, and that's another huge story we're going to be reporting throughout the early stages of 2022, because we may not get the, uh, the official decision by uh, the Supreme Court justices in this case until the middle of the year. But it was evident from testimony that was uh, taken yesterday uh, that the the justices are minded to roll back the legal protection of abortion that uh, was uh, essentially enacted in 1973 with that absolutely landmark Roe versus Wade decision. It was uh, the legal argument that has kept abortion legal in the United States for the last 50 years. They're actually hearing a case specifically about uh, a ban on abortions in Mississippi after the 15th week. Uh, it's a two 2008 law. It allows no exceptions for rape or incest. It's one of the nation's most restrictive uh, abortion laws, but by no means the only restrictive abortion law that is going to be tested by the courts over the next few months. And it did seem, from testimony that was heard yesterday, back and forth between the justices and the uh, Solicitor General of Mississippi, that with that conservative majority now on the Supreme Court, remember those justices appointed, uh, by President Donald Trump uh, during his uh, time in office, giving the uh, Republican appointees on the court uh, a majority of the nine justices, it does seem as though Roe versus Wade is in very deep trouble. And again, we won't know that for sure until the middle of next year, but whenever that ruling is handed down by the justices, it will be coming in the middle of America's midterm election campaign. Remember, congressional and gubernatorial elections being held next November, and it is sure to be an absolutely polarising issue, whichever way it goes on the campaign trail. And just going back to today, President Biden uh, delivering that uh,
1: those remarks at about, uh, what is it, 6.40 our time, one forty. Eastern yeah, time.
0: Hour time, yeah, just in about uh, an hour and uh, ten minutes or so. Uh, the White House has been uh, previewing these all week. Uh, I mean, we were being told earlier in the week that he was thinking about implementing some tougher measures. Uh, there was talk about the possibility of quarantine for arriving travelers. Talk about the possibility of a uh, a day two test, and you would have to isolate until after you'd had the result of that day two test once you got to the United States. I'm bound to say I never thought that that was likely to be part of the plan because it would immediately be legally challenged here. Uh, And I think what we're seeing in many ways is uh, an example of the uh, relatively lacklustre amount of power at the president's disposal uh, to tighten these restrictions himself. They're billing Mm. this as remarks on his plan to continue the fight against COVID-19 as we enter the winter months and face the Omicron variant. But to all intents and purposes, unless he pulls a rabbit out of the hat, all he's planning to do is tell people that instead of getting tested 72 hours before they leave uh, for the United States, they've got to get tested 24 hours ahead of their flight. It's not that uh, seismic a
1: development. And just a few hours after he delivers those remarks, he's off to back to Washington to switch
0: on the national Christmas tree. With the first family and the second family? Yes, I have not yet seen the national Christmas tree here. I did catch a <laughs> glimpse of the uh, Christmas tree in Trafalgar Square. And oh. Let's just say I'm assuming <laughs> that the national Christmas tree taking up its position on the ellipse uh, just uh, outside the White House is a slightly more robust uh, yeah. piece of, um, uh, of uh, vegetation. But, yeah, I think it's
1: had a tough see. journey, by the looks of things. The, the tree <laughs> like that we it. get uh, gifted from Norway uh, for our help during uh, World War II um, it is looking a little sparse. Maybe with the lights on it, it'll look a lot, uh, lot better. Go. That'll <laughs> Good to it. talk. <laughs> yeah, stick some lights on it and a bit of tinsel, <laughs> it'll be fine. Uh, thank you very much, Simon Marks, our Washington correspondent there, live for us here on LBC News. It's just gone half past five. LBC News.